Hello, everyone. My name is always Asmal. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship, and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube, and the show will be available on podcast by tomorrow morning. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. If you are joining us live, drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves. And if you're watching the recording, drop a two in the comments. My, my guest for this week is actually a follow-up guest. And, and it's, it's one of those when I said we talk career experiences, today we're talking career experiences. My <laughs> guest is Chantal Potita, senior in charge at Sapro, who recently traveled to South America while still working in order. Chantal, thanks again for joining me. Thank you very much for inviting me back, UAs. Let's jump straight into questions. So for those who might have missed uh, your, your, your interview last year, briefly tell us your story and where you come from and outside of work, we shan't help with Twitter. <laughs> okay, well, I'm Chantal Potgita. I'm senior in charge at Sapra. I'm currently based with a US firm and um, I love auditing. So I'm that person that doesn't plan on leaving audit pretty soon. Um, outside of work, I am a family person. I have two cats and I love to travel. It's one of my great passions in life. Oh, mate, that's, that, that's brief, but good. Also, I see you, 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 uh, senior in charge now when I met you last time, you were senior audit consultant. So congratulations on your promotion. Thank uh, you. Explain to us the difference quickly. Um, Basically, as a senior in charge, I um, get to lead more audits. I get to lead the teams, do resource planning, um, review more working papers than I would have as a just a normal senior consultant. Um, it's basically, I think the other word for senior in charge we kind of deliberated was kind of like assistant audit manager. So it's taking more being in charge of the teams and it's something that I really enjoy doing. So I'm very glad to be able to be in this position again. Oh, amazing. Well done. But let's jump into the meat of why we're speaking to you today. So give us a bit of background of why you went overseas. Okay. So I was planning on going to South America, Brazil specifically, because my sister lives in Brazil with her husband. Uh, they work in Brazil and she left in September and we made a pact when she left that we would we would get together every four months, um, whether it's me going to Brazil or her coming to South Africa to see me. And basically, I wasn't supposed to go to Kenya first, but as I was finalizing my plans to go to Brazil, um, Omicron kind of hit the news and hit this, you know, and all everybody banned South Africa for traveling. And my heart broke. I was at an event that day and I just couldn't even muster up a smile to pretend to be happy to be at this event. And later um, during that week, I got a call to say, hey, have you considered, you know, going through Kenya to get into Brazil? And I was like, no, no, not really. You know, it's I didn't think about anything other than I can't see my sister. So I went to Kenya for two weeks and then I went to Brazil for two months. Um, I visited my sister. I went a little bit, did my own thing to explore Brazil a little bit and I loved every moment of it. So does that mean you went Kenyan Airways both ways? 
Uh, I went Ethiopian Airways to get to Kenya. And then from Kenya, I used Qatar to get to Brazil. Oh, okay, okay. So you, you did that round trip, but you got there in the end. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it sounds like you, I mean, you were there for, you were there for quite a while. So how did your, your employer react to you wanting to go overseas? And how were you able to work and travel at the same time? In all honesty, it was actually their idea, um, specifically Dario's idea. I would never have thought of working in another country remotely um, until he asked me one day, have you considered working a portion of busy season in Brazil? And I was like, no, not really. And then when I got this option to go through Kenya and I was like, okay, I'm going to spend two weeks in Kenya. I might as well go for longer and stay in Brazil, you know, make it money's worth. Um, and then I asked them, is it okay? You know, can I take you up on this offer? And um, he said, yes, you can. And I was really supported by the whole team. I let my SM know. I let HR know. I let IT know that guys, I'm on my way. I'm going to make sure I've got backup plans. You know, if something goes wrong that I can continue working. And all of them were very supportive during my whole journey. Amazing. Amazing. And did you, um, did you work while you were on the flight or did you rest? Uh, what was that, that travel <laughs> experience like? So I did not work while I was on the flight. Um, about halfway on the way to Kenya, I learned that I get motion sickness from flying. Oh so I kind of just slept all the way there and then slept all the way to Brazil and slept all the way back because I can't do anything else on a plane, apparently. <laughs> well, uh, I suppose... Uh, there could be worse places to find out. Well, <laughs> for the audience, if anybody's got any questions for Chantal, please add it to the comment section now. We'll deal with all the questions towards the end. And, uh, and I know we, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, I mean, you, you worked and you traveled, but did you take leave at all or were you working full time the whole time? So I took leave in the last two weeks of December. So the two weeks that I was in Kenya, I worked the whole time. Then I two we took two weeks off to get to Brazil, kind of meet up with my sister. Um, it was also, you know, it's Christmas and New Year's. Um, so I always try and take leave over that time. And then the first week in January, I jumped back into work and I started all over again. And I mean, the, the, the time zones in Brazil are very different to your home time zone. Like, how were you able to manage your work schedule in like a totally different time zone? It was actually a little bit easier. So South Africa to Central Time is eight hours different. And well, now with um, St. Daylight Savings, it's seven hours. When I was in Brazil, it's only a three hour difference. So my day was able to overlap much more with the American Central Time than it is actually in South Africa. But in all honesty, I actually prefer my South African time difference. <laughs> Somebody must keep that in mind. So you, you mentioned that. Um, so for those, I'm sure there's people watching or people who might listen after they're thinking about traveling. I mean, it's uh, you probably one of the trailblazers who've, been, who've started doing it and started talking about it. And not a lot of people are talking about it. For those who are thinking of traveling and working, what tips do you have for them? 
Um, okay, so my biggest tip will be like when you get to your destination, make sure that you've got a good internet connection. The hotel internet connections aren't always that good. So ask one of the locals, whether it is at the hotel reception or wherever you are staying, you know, what the kind of best internet connection is and where you can get it. Um, just to make sure that you can work at all times, you know, kind of keep that part of the deal between you and your employer. After that, get into a pat pattern or a rhythm that works for you. So I found that if I booked tours from, say, 9 until 3 p.m., it gave me enough time to sleep after I've worked, go and explore, be Dora the Explorer, and then come back, rest for an hour before I have to start working. Um, I like that time span. It gives me about six hours to go and explore and do stuff. I don't like just staying in the hotel because then I might as well just have stayed at home. Um, other people, you know, I've kind of adjusted to working at night. So that makes it easier for me. Um, whereas other people don't necessarily have that adjustment already. So if you do go over and you do want to go traveling and you do want to go exploring, just be mindful of when are you going to get tired. If you're not used to working until 12, 1 o'clock in the mornings, then by 10 o'clock tonight when you're supposed to be working, you're going to start getting tired. So just be mindful of, um, you know, when are your active hours usually during a day? And what would you, I mean, okay, this is your first time doing it, but what would you do differently the next time you travel overseas while working? Learn Portuguese. Um, <laughs> so in South America, they don't really speak English, um, which meant a lot of my time I was pointing at stuff and trying to mime whatever I wanted. Um, <laughs> the language barrier was very, very hard especially when I was trying to get internet, that was extremely hard because people didn't really understand that I just wanted like a prepaid SIM card. Um, and so, yeah, definitely if you go to another country where they don't speak English, just learn a few key phrases of the language that they do speak. My sister is currently helping me to learn some Portuguese um, since I'm planning on going to visit them again. <laughs> Any, any other tips that you, uh, that's probably your biggest one? Anything else? Top of uh, mind? Pack lightly. If you are going away for two months, please don't pack two months worth of clothes. Dragging that bag all over the place is a pain. So just pack one, pack one bag. Um, use a laundry service to clean your clothes. It doesn't work out that expensive and you are traveling much lighter. So next time I'm only taking one bag. And what's what's next on your travel list? Are you planning something new or are you staying at home for a while? I'm always planning something new. I've always got something up my sleeve. So my next trip is to Dubai in May. I'm very, very excited about that. I'm actually going to be traveling with some friends who are also going to be working. So we're going to kind of support each other working and kind of getting to know Dubai, going on a few trips. So I'm looking, I'm very much looking forward to that. So going in May, how long is that trip for? That trip is for a week. Okay, um, so it's a, it's a nice time to kind of do a few things while we are there. But I'll always go back to, that, to Dubai. I've been there once and I loved it. So we've, we've discussed what's next on your travel list. But what's next for Chantal in the future, work-wise? Work-wise? Well... <laughs> 
in all honesty, I love working for Sapro. And I'm not just saying that because I know Sapro people are watching. Um, I actually, I do love working for this company. I love the people and the team and, you know, management. They're just very inclusive and very supportive of anything that Chantal wants to do because, trust me, I get wacky ideas. Um, and I just love being in an environment where you're encouraged to do stuff, encouraged to go and explore, encouraged to further your stand. If we lose it. Looks like we might have lost her. Apologies, everyone. Um, but it's been a very interesting conversation so far. So I'm just going to give her a chance. Let me just send her a message to see if she's, if she's logged off. Uh, if there's maybe an internet connection item on her side. Dealing with load shedding. So it might be load shedding uh, on her side. Chantal, are you back? Yes, I'm back. Sorry, we've got this really crazy phenomenon where when it rains um the internet stops working okay i thought it was me but luckily it wasn't me this time last week it went while i was speaking to greg which was very embarrassing so i I saw that and it was like please internet just keep this time don't fail me today and then of course it will fail me it happens don't worry um, you were oh you were you were telling us that uh, you were quite happy. You, did, did you finish your thought on on what's next for the future? I'm not sure where I ended off, but I think the conclusion is I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Okay, let's go through some questions from the audience. Um, this is not really a question. We've got a question from uh, uh, Bakazi who says. So Sapro would not have, have a problem if you decide to visit another country for, let's say, six months or that they have a time limit of when you can work in another country. So the most important thing is to talk to your SM about it. Find your out, you know, yeah, your manager, sorry, it's your success manager at Sapro. Okay. Let them know what your plans are, discuss it with them, and then take it from there. They have certain things that they need to go and report back to before you totally get the okay on it um but as long as you've got the proper authorization and you know there isn't any reasons why it wouldn't be um possible then um i i don't really have a time restraint on you know the amount of times that i have been outland but like i said i went and i got the proper authorization for it and you touched on it a little bit but i'm just going to do it just to double check it what channels do you have to go through? So do you only speak to your success manager? Do you need to speak to anyone in HR, anything else like that? So I speak to my success manager for most of the things that, you know, I want to get done at SAPRA or information that I need. Um, they are my, he is my first point of contact. His name is Christoph. Um, so I speak to him and then he follows up. He'll send me a WhatsApp to let me know, listen, Chantal, I found out this for you. Let's quickly jump on a call to discuss. And then we take it from there. Okay. Amazing. Uh, it looks like those are all the, I don't see any questions coming. If there's anyone that come through later, I might, I'll, I'll try and push them through, but any uh, last few words from you or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know? Because we're here to learn. You, remember, you're the first person to do this that we know about. So any tips or help or anything you want to discuss about travel, please, please uh, educate us. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, I love traveling. 
I think that's pretty obvious. And I've got a whole bucket list of places that I want to travel to. But something that I found very important when I am out traveling is I use travel guides to go on different tours. And the reason being, okay, it is a little bit more expensive. So a lot of people are like, no, but I can do this for cheaper, you know, if I do it on my own. But the thing that I found with travel guides is it's locals and they want you to learn about their cultures. They want you to learn about their environment and the people. And if that is something that you like, you like to learn about the place where you're at at the moment, really use travel guides. So when I was in Kenya, we went on a coffee plantation tour. And it was the first time that I met this travel guide, but I was asking him all these questions. I was really being a nosy Nancy. And he was like, when we got to the coffee plantation, him and the local at the coffee plantation were speaking. And the guy says, no, but you, you know, she's so interested in everything. And she keeps asking all these questions. Go tell, um, you know, go take her to some place where she can try Nayama Choma. Now I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm getting poisoned today. They're going to feed me stuff that I don't necessarily eat. And as we drive back, he asks me, do you still have time? I'm like, yes, I do. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, Chantal, are you signing yourself up to be kidnapped over here? Um, <laughs> so that's just like going through my mind, you know, taken, flashing here in front of my eyes. And we stop next to the stall next to the road and they're busy with the meats and they start cutting meats and putting um, vegetables and pup and everything on the plate. And we go sit down. Now I'm, wait I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for the knife and fork because, you know, that's how I eat. And he starts taking food with his hands and I'm like, and he's like, no, that's how he eats. And it felt so strange sitting there eating with my hands. But at the other, on the other side, it was so enlightening. It was actually so much fun. And the food was so nice that I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you very much for bringing me here and like exposing me to this because this isn't something that I would necessarily be exposed to in South Africa. Um, so yeah, let's really just, get involved with the locals and the tour guides really love taking you and giving you adventures and helping you to learn more about the place that you're exploring. So it's a little bit more expensive, but if you want that all rounded experience, really do that. Oh, it's amazing. We've got two questions that have slipped in. So I'm just going to run it by you quickly. If that's okay. Okay. We've got a question from Shayur who says, it's not sure if this has been asked before, but what are the chances of AGSA employees uh, getting into Sacramento? Okay, I'm not the right person to ask that question to. Unfortunately, I don't have that kind of information or data about SAPRO, but please reach out to SAPRO on LinkedIn, send an email, ask them the question, and they will be able to give you a more accurate answer. And then we've got a question from Cindy. Tell us more about your, your auditing experiences. I'm assuming it's okay. while traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love auditing. I love working with people. And really, I've been with my host firm for over a year now. I'm blessed that I loved my host firm and they kind of liked me. So we've stuck together. And what I've loved about working with them is I come in as a consultant. You know, I'm not actually an employee of the firm, but they really embrace the SAPRO people like we are part of the team. You know, you get to learn people on a professional and a personal level. And that's just so amazing to me how people open up. I've had partners that literally they're sitting on a leg while they're working and it's frozen solid. 
And then they turn the computer screen and they show me how there's trucks driving on the um, frozen lake and, you know, those little fish houses and just how they also want us to kind of feel like we are there, even though we are working remotely. It's absolutely amazing. I've worked with so many different clients on so many different people and I can honestly say I've been loving it. I think um, for people that have spoken to me before, then uh, I, my opinion is if you come out of articles and you're not sure what you want to do, or even if you are sure what you want to do, just take a short break from whatever you think your future is going to be. Do an international secondment. Just get that experience. Learn the other cultures. Learn how they do it. There's things that I thought I knew going in that have been absolutely eye-opening from the other side, you know, seeing how the Americans audit. Um, And that to me is awesome. You know, I've come to the conclusion that we really like to over-document in South Africa where we could really just scale it down and get to the same conclusion if we just, you know, review a little bit more conservatively or write a little bit more conservatively. So that to me has been an amazing journey. And I went from a position where, they didn't really know what I could do. So I got bank the first time. And, you know, for somebody that's come out of articles, you did bank three years ago. <laughs> you know, oh you know this. And I was like, guys, I can do more than bank. And I was like, okay, I'm going to prove to you. I can do more than bank. And slowly they started giving me harder sections and harder sections. And they realized, but wait a minute, she can do more than just bank. And by the mid of last year, they started giving me stuff I'd never worked on before. And the first time it happened, it was scary, in all honesty. But they were there. They they just said, you know what, we don't expect you to know everything. We know that you're working with GAP and not IFRS, and it's not something that you necessarily are comfortable with. Ask us if you've got questions. And then me sitting there, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to ask them questions. Just now they think I can't do this. But the team is really so encouraging in helping you to develop within their own team, you know. And this isn't then just coming from SAPRA. This is coming from the host firm. And after that first try, they've just been giving me harder and harder stuff. And I'm loving it because I'm learning all of these new things. And it just shows that, you know, they trust me and they trust me as a SAPRA consultant. And Obviously, I must be representing because otherwise they can't, they wouldn't be giving me all of this work. But it's a lot of fun and I've been loving every moment of my audit experience with Sapro. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to slip in one last promise you with the last question. Last question from Kibakazi who says, was it not scary learning US car? Is it not challenging? <laughs> no, not really. So there's a lot of overlapping principles between US GAP and IFRS. And the small little differences that there are, you get training on beforehand. So SAPRO doesn't just kind of throw you into the deep end and say swim. Um, Before you start your journey with your host firm, you get training. They show you some of the common differences between GAP and IFRS that you might find it that they want you to know about. That really helps. But also what I found is if there is something that's different from what I'm used to with IFRS, I ask them, listen, I'm used to it being this way with IFRS. Is this allowed under GAP? And then they'll answer me, yes, it is allowed under GAP and because X, Y, Z. And that really also helps me to then understand, you know, what point they are coming from. So that GAP isn't actually that scary 
and it's manageable if i can say it that way that's a great uh, great great way to end and uh, loving the questions that have come through but we'll, we'll, we'll have to cap it there the, sh the, the show has been live on YouTube and should be available on podcast by tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you feel it's added value, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell so that you get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Chantal, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you very much for inviting me back. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat. Goodbye. Thanks. Thank you.